0: Who do we trade for Brendan Rice then? Who do we send? Oh, for this is Rice? a this is a scary conversation. Um, uh, Carlos, Spencer Delgado. Webb. Oh, Spencer Webb. Yeah, here we, we trade Easy. Spencer Webb. Ooh. Perfect. Okay, Ding. Send it in. <laughs> send it into the league office. We're good to go. And I think we just have our breakout for the for the Colton show here in the podcast to <laughs> trade for Brendan Rice. Okay.
1: Few games, tough. That was District 5. Now we're the Ducks. And the Ducks are undefeated. Quack, 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 how many weeks shows just left through? Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating
0: your myths The from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio and on the dial- Hello, and, and welcome to the Flock, 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 Flock Pod. We are at Hashtag 089, recording here in the beautiful condo, once again over Zoom. The uh, Ava producers are past the F out, so hopefully they will enjoy it. We put the new uh, the Papazan chair here in the living room, and they are loving it, Shane. It has like become oh. like dog central for for them except for when they (laughs) tip it over that's also equally hilarious because then they're like falling over as long as the chair doesn't hurt them but anyway we're off the rails already you can find oh sorry go ahead a pop on chair like the like half circle yeah 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 here it's like that weird circular chair thingy right it's like right behind me yeah they freaking love it they freaking love it it's in every college kid dorm room or what not dorm room maybe but like in the rental house So you can find us on all of your major (laughs) podcast (laughs) streaming platforms at the Flock Pod. And if you would be oh so kind to go out there and just give us a like, give us a share, uh, give us those five star ratings, in particular, again, with Spotify having their new rating system, we'd really appreciate some love on that. You can also find us on all of your major social media platforms at the Flock Pod. And make sure to go find me at Coach Justin D on those same platforms. Shane, tell them where you are.
2: You can find me at bartender Shane6 on the Twitter and at walka flocka Shane6 on the Instagrams where all the
0: pictures live. Dude, pictures, and now it's like movies and reels, man. Instagram is mm-hmm. no longer a uh, a picture website or a picture platform. It's a video platform, which is just kind of crazy but we're not here to talk about instagram shane we're here to talk about the ducks dismantling of the colorado buffaloes finishing up that game with a lovely score of 52 to 29 it was really nice to see the ducks put up a bunch of points and like you were saying here prepod to really pull away from an opponent you know they didn't finish the game quite how every duck fan maybe would have liked but to put a put an opponent away early so the score and the game was not really in question late
2: yeah, I mean, I think Colorado got on the board a little bit quicker than uh, than we had all kind of predicted, but even within that, it was nice that you know the game was kind of they had good control over it, good control of the momentum, uh, at least by halftime, if not if not earlier. I mean, I felt
0: comfortable I obviously earlier. felt very comfortable because I once again <clears throat> fell asleep in the third quarter. Um, I become that old man that has to record the games just so I can make sure I can watch them all, and I'm glad I did because I did go back and watch the end of it there, and again. AB looked to get his groove back a little bit in this one Had a little bit of swag Looked like mm-hmm. looked like Cristobal went out there And he gave him the whole speech from like uh, It's like when uh, T'Challa is fighting early on And he's about to uh, get beat by M'Baku Like early on in the movie And his mom yells Show him who you are, mm-hmm. Show him who you are. <laughs> I feel like that's what Cristobal basically did To <laughs> Anthony Brown before that game Because he went out and played a hell of a game Uh, really, really putting up some big numbers, some nice plays, and showing off that trust, that newly developed trust that he has with Devin Williams.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up early because I wanted to get to Anthony Brown, but I didn't want to be the one to bring it up because, you know, I've been riding You know, I'm a
0: pitcher, Shane. I'll just lob that baby (laughs) up for you. 12-6 to softball right down the middle, and you hit it out the park here. No,
2: I I thought he played excellent. I thought this was his absolute redemption game, and even some of the things that we touched on last week from the previous game against Cal where, you know, he he looked like... You know, some of those penalties where he was able to be free to just throw the ball down the field without any, you know, any actual repercussions, his kind of in my opinion, looks like it's kind of unlocked a couple things for him mentally, and he just feels a little bit more safe throwing the ball deep. Like you mentioned with Devin Williams, having that guy that he trusts downfield I think is really big. I mean, we kind of predicted it was going to be some of those tight ends, and we've seen them kind of take a little bit of a backseat to the receiving corps of the season. But I also think that that is, you know, kind of, more to do with the offense being a little slower out of the gates than I think everyone predicted, but I mean they're still they're still going through and just methodically winning games, and that's the part of Anthony Brown that I've always been the most impressed by is he just plays a smart game, and this game was a great example of it
0: once again, playing point guard, I mean as I'm looking here, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11 different Ducks catching balls and it looks like Ty Thompson did complete uh, one pass. So one of those completions, I'm not sure who it was to wasn't Anthony Brown, but really again getting the ball around the field, getting the ball into these playmakers hands and I think Zach was the one actually when he came on he predicted Devin Williams was going to become AB's binky. Um, I was really high on Devin Williams in the preseason. I knew one of those young wide receivers was going to kind of step up and become that stud go-to guy and it looks like he is Definitely putting his uh, hat in the ring to do so. Travis Dye also getting five catches. I like to see that using some of those other younger running backs more between the tackles, getting Dye back involved in that passing game. Like you um, were saying, just in, in regards to unlocking things, once you get those safeties and those running back or those linebackers having to step up to stop those RB swing passes, can really unlock a lot over the top and make things a lot easier for a quarterback. Also
2: with the, the screen passes as well. I mean, that was something yes. that I was kind of highlighting going into of this game was that I think Oregon maybe their best uh, feature offensively is just the the blocking of these wide receivers. I mean, there was that one play when I think it was Travis Dye scored a touchdown to the right side when uh, Johnny Yams just blocking the guy like 15 yards down the field and then got that like near pylon pancake and they, yeah, did get a, love it. they did get a couple penalties in this game, a couple holding calls outside and whatnot, but I mean, when you're asking your receivers to do that much, that's that's just going to be part of it. That's a that's a repercussion that is you know 90% of the time if you for every every 10 screen passes or you know option runs to the outside when you're asking your receivers to block downfield there's going to be one penalty like per every 10 to 15 plays
0: and not as much option as as you kind of predicted and as I would have liked to have seen in this game also now that we've got all these young running backs getting more and more involved like we talked about in the early preseason I would love to see more two running back sets, Mm -hmm. you know, really try to get more of those guys involved, get some misdirection going, but uh, we'll see what they decide to do up in Seattle this weekend. Anything else from this Colorado game? I mean, the ending again, wasn't exactly what we wanted. Colorado kind of hanging around, but uh, any final thoughts here as we look to move on?
2: I mean, you know, they, they keep the starters in, and that game looks a little bit different. Final score is going to look a little bit different. I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the betters of the world were uh, happy that, uh, you know, Oregon kind of lightened the load a little bit. because Colorado ended up covering, only winning by 23. It didn't cover that 24-point spread there. But, I mean, and, like something that we had kind of touched on before we started recording, that it was cool to see these younger guys get the reps. It was cool to see Ty Thompson come in in a situation where we can actually start kind of developing these players midseason with real game time reps. Uh, that was my yeah. biggest takeaway. I don't think that this wasn't Oregon letting Colorado back in the game, in my opinion. I mean, it was you, you put out a bunch of second and third string guys, they scored, they got the ball back, they got a field goal. It happened.
0: Well and you see you see what these coaches are emphasizing. I think there was a I don't know if it was the last touchdown that Colorado scored or the one right before that, but you literally had two duck defenders go in front of the Colorado Buffalo player and swipe and try to catch the ball. And then the Colorado Buffalo, it was like a terrible basketball player mm-hmm. just goes through two defenders and right to the guy and he gets a dunk. So you see the, the ball hawking that they're trying to emphasize. And sometimes when you've got those young guys, those things backfire mm-hmm. again, I, I like the aggressive, the aggression mistakes as opposed to just the straight up, you know, mental mistakes or just not knowing where you're supposed to be and things of that nature. This team seems to make a lot of those aggression mistakes. And I think that's a good thing. I think that provides learning opportunities and like you're saying, to be able to get those live reps against a good team is a solid team i mean they, their record doesn't show it you know certainly as much as we would like here in the pac-12 we need a little bit more uh this conference needs a little bit more help right now but uh still a solid team so to to hold them even to well not 29 points necessarily but like you're saying when the starters were in there this was a completely different ball game so
2: well and, and colorado did a great job of zigging where we thought they would zag i mean like, like you had highlighted going into that game, only four passing touchdowns in the season. They get into the red zone. What do they do? They throw the ball three they times. They had three in know, this game, those bastards. Yeah, and you, <laughs> well, and you know that was Oregon coming out ready to shut down the, the run. I mean, yes. Noah Sewell was coming like a bat out of hell towards the quarterback Wolverine. with some of those play-action yeah. play plays. And while I love it when he gets back there that quick, I mean, there's often a, a wide-open zone right behind him, right where those linebackers are standing pre-snap. So, And that's where they got hurt a few times. And yes. to me, that was – that was Oregon giving them those plays. We'll, we're going to force them to make plays in the air, and we're going to take away everything on the ground.
0: I think I sent you that text message about in the second quarter. I was like, can we trade Brendan Rice for – send Micah Pittman for Brendan Rice? I love the way he was playing. I mean, you could tell that was Jerry – I mean, couldn't tell that was Jerry Rice's kid, but you could tell it was a pro's kid. He right. had a lot of fire. I love that they you know, emphasized that he was getting on his teammates beforehand for more toughness, and he went out there and made everything every single attempt possible to prove that he was going to be the toughest guy on the football that football field that day and hard to argue hard to argue had a great mm-hmm. game a huge game on the on the in the air there with five catches 102 yards and a tutty. um had one carry there for 17 yards i think he was also their return man wasn't he oh i didn't
2: i didn't actually yeah
0: yeah six returns for 162 yards in the punt game or in the kick game and then a uh, different guy returning punts but yeah he was just unafraid he looked like mm-hmm. he was the only guy that was really, really excited to be out there and playing against the Ducks there at Otson that day. So that was my biggest takeaway and kind of my final thought here. Um, I would still love to send that trade offer, Micah Pittman. I love you. You're awesome on Instagram and you've got a great YouTube. But but give me Brennan Rice, please.
2: We can't we can't break up the uh, Oregon's first uh, the first and the first don't know, power I don't couple. What, I, don't I don't know, know. Okay. What to call them, the power couple. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The power duckle. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay, you might be right. You might be right, but I don't know. Okay, so who who do we trade for Brendan Rice then? Who do we send? Oh, for this Brendan is Rice? a.
2: This is a scary
0: conversation. Um, uh, Carlos. Spencer. Webb. Oh, Spencer. Webb. Yeah. There we we trade Easy. Spencer. Webb. Perfect. Okay. Ding. Send <S laughs> it in. Send it into the league office. We're good to go. And I think we just have our breakout for the, for the cold intro here of the podcast to trade for Brendan Rice. Okay. So let's move on. It is uh fuck the Huskies week. Uh, we love to see it. Huck the Fuskies week. If you're trying to not be explicit, but uh, it's it's a happy time here in Eugene. T- happy, happy time. And Shane has a has a new uh, a new name for this week, and I wanted to share it with everybody now because I just about lost it when he told <laughs> me pre-podcast.
2: So I don't I don't like husky hate week. Yeah. I like to I don't like to, to no like hate to hold, here. No, I don't hate like to hold the hate in my heart. I just yeah, feel like it's out. a little too a little too dark. So I was kicking around some names today, Ooh. and
0: uh, <laughs> that was like a, that was like a rap relic right there, buddy. You were busting. <laughs>
2: I landed on and this is kind of mostly due, I was inspired by Twitter uh, it is fusky fragility week I love it it's the the fragility is strong with the Fuskies this week
0: and we have the uh, podcast title right there <laughs> boom boom fusky fragility week it's perfect because it's it's a rough time it's a rough time to be a fusky fan you know it's it's yep. been a rough season um, Eastern Washington has bragging rights you know, it's it's okay. uh it's it's been a tough. They have been playing better. They're winning games like the Baltimore Ravens do or used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just they're they're really trying to ground rely upon that defense, ground the ball on 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 the offense. Um, I have not been very impressed with Zach Morris, their quarterback. Excuse me, no, I've been informed it's this Dylan Morris, not Zach Morris <laughs> from Say by the Bell. But yeah, I've not been very impressed with his ability to to. Orchestrate that offense. I think that uh, Jimmy Lake is in the same vein because he's definitely trying to rely a lot more on the run game and a lot more on that defense, which is really good.
2: Yeah, I mean, they grinded out their last two wins 21 uh, 16 at Arizona and then 2013 at Stanford. So, I mean, in those two weeks, they are only 29 points. They're allowing uh, the, the last three weeks prior to that, they're allowing at least 24 a game. That was against Cal, Oregon State, and UCLA. And that rounds out the their packed full schedule so far. Uh, last week, they rushed for a season-high 230 yards. Uh, that was against Stanford. On the season, they're averaging 126 a game on 34 attempts. Like you said, they're really trying to to move the ball slowly, grind it out, get their offense a lot of breaks. Um, 230 pass yards on 33 attempts. Uh, not great there. Um so, yeah, I think this game is it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I think kind of both these teams' strengths and weaknesses don't really give either team a major advantage mm-hmm. um, I agree
0: with that I agree with that it's gonna be. Yeah, we'll continue because I think you got some more stats for us.
2: Yeah, they so they they haven't given up a passing touchdown in the last two weeks, and they only have given up four passing touchdowns on the season. However, they have given up twelve rushing touchdowns. That's the kind of that's the one part where I think if Oregon stays true to what they do and Anthony Brown uses his legs with that physical running style, uh, taking the you know the ball out of Washington's hands. It, it, the the key for both these teams, I feel, is whoever whoever scores earliest is going to have a huge advantage. Because once either team feels that pressure to put the ball in the air, that's where I feel like both teams are going to struggle. Uh, we've seen it with Anthony Brown. You know they they've grinded their way back into some of these games, but it hasn't been big time flashy plays. And a lot of the bigger plays from Anthony Brown have been him running the ball. It's very so, true. It's very true. And I mean, I. I like this Oregon defense a lot. They do a lot of things really well. What they don't do is wrap up well.
0: Vernon uh, McKinley, they, I'm looking at you, buddy.
2: Yeah, Vernon McKinley and uh, Mikhail Wright, both those guys, hard hitters, but just refuse to hold on to the legs once they make that contact. So that's the thing that's probably worrying the most. Uh, can we the, send
0: them to Seattle so they can practice that gator tackle? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that exactly. when they did that yeah. whole? I mean, that Gator tackles big time. That's what we need those guys doing. Get those legs, wrap up, and twist, baby. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they're running back Sean McGrew has 92 attempts for only 338 yards this year, but six touchdowns. Big physical back. I think they're going to go to him a
0: lot. Well, and they've got a couple other guys. I mean, Cameron Davis has got 50 carries on the season. Kamari mm-hmm. Pleasant's got 40. Richard Newton has 39. I mean, they're really trying to spread the ball around there in that backfield. And a couple of those guys, I mean, McGrew is definitely their main guy with the six touchdowns, and none of them catch the ball. So that's one thing that I think the Ducks can really fo- emphasize and focus on. I think they're just going to load the box up. I'd love to see them just go a little bit more mano mono on the outside and say, let's go. We're going to put eight in the box, and we're going to see what you can do.
2: Mm -hmm. And then for them, defensively, they have allowed over 180 rushing yards on the season twice. That was against UCLA and Stanford. They've given up over 200 to Arkansas State and over 300 to Cal. And none of those teams have a running back core, I mean, even without C.J. Verdell. Have a running back core that's close to Oregon. So,
0: Isn't that terrifying? I mean, that running nuts. back room is so ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And I mean, most of these guys are freshmen. I like what I've seen from Seven McGee. I like what I've seen from Byron Cardwell. I like what I've seen from uh, t- uh, Trey, still
0: Trey Benson. Still my favorite. Yeah, I, always I really want to like call him,
2: him. For some reason, I get so stuck. I want to call him Thomas Diner. I don't <laughs> know why he like reminds me of him I'm just because it starts with a T. But I, I even almost said it right there. I thought you were
0: going to go Casey Benson on us, but you went a different, you went a different <laughs> way there.
2: Um. Yeah, and I think all those guys have gotten uh legitimate enough, you know, reps on the field this year. I mean, this game is, you know, this game is big. I, I've talked about how I don't feel like the Oregon players get up for the Washington game as much as they get up for those uh, Los Angeles games, but I mean, right now is where it's brewing, especially when you see the shit talking online, and I mean, if I was a coach, I hope the players would be staying off social media right now, but I might be like, Cherry picking a couple things to show them.
0: <laughs> well, and what was that? What was the Jimmy Lake stuff? That was so weird. Such random comments just to kind oh, of like the- start throwing strays. That's what I think. If I'm Cristobal, he's doing the right thing by in the media. Um, you know, our guy Zach Neal over there at Duckswire was all over this posting a great article about how, you know, Crystal is just focused. You know, it's, there's nothing about the media. There's nothing about the articles and nothing about any of the spin that's going to get into his head whatsoever. He's worried about winning today and that's it. But if I was him, like you said, I would just maybe, maybe at the end of one of my speeches, just be like, and you know, Oregon's a pretty good school academically. Just something, just (laughs) something, just, just something sly like that. Just to let him know that he, just to let his players know that, you know, his head's buried in the sand, but he's not naive.
2: Well, I I think those like those rankings are so weird too. Like I don't know. Oh, I've we have never even really gotten
0: into that yet. Let's save that for after our little. No, not talk. not
2: the not the college football rankings. Like the, oh, the, the academic university rankings. academic oh, rankings. Yeah, like that's very true. I've never really looked into like what it is that goes into that. You know what I mean? Is that like amount of diplomas? Is that like what those what they do post school? Is it like a cumulative GPA? Like I just I. I don't know. I, well, and I think you can those, spin it either way. Those can, rankings are, yeah.
0: You can spin that shit either way. You can say, how can Washington, with that level of academics, not get more kids? Like, yeah. degrees are degrees at the end of the day. But if you have something from Washington and you think that's going to be worth more, what, wouldn't you be able to attract even more talented kids up there to go to Seattle? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can, again, numbers are numbers, and they can be spun in any way that you want to tell the story that fits your narrative. I wonder
2: if Stanford is, like, the highest-ranked academic and athletic,
0: like, combined. It's got to be, right? It's got to be them or UCLA. Yeah, Yeah, them or UCLA, because I think UCLA is up there on a lot of those lists, too. But but. also,
2: I mean, that's just, like, the... Like, that's that last-ditch effort when you're just, like, losing an argument with your friend, when you just, like, start attacking something just completely unrelated. Because, like, yes, Jimmy Lake and Cristobal's job is to, like, you know, make sure that everybody's doing well in school. But, like, that's not Mm -hmm. really...
0: It's the it's the the, it's like when you're an elementary school kid and you resort to well my dad could beat up your dad. (laughs) That's that's what (laughs) it feels like. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, So yeah, this game is going to be interesting. I. I'm worried just because the this Husky team does seem to be peaking, does seem to be playing well, does seem to be clicking a little bit. They seem to be playing with a little bit more of a cohesiveness. You don't see guys out of position as much as you did early in the season. Um, I don't think they're playing in quicksand anymore for those replacement Keanu Reeves fans. Um, I think they're finally uh, playing well and playing hard together. So I think it's prediction time, but we can, uh, we can do this and maybe segue right into Duck Jenner Corner. Do you want to do that? Yep sounds good um so i'm gonna stick again with my early season prediction and i'm gonna take the ducks 31 to 24
2: all right i went with oregon winning this matchup 34 to 13 a little bit lower okay
0: yeah a little bit lower scoring and uh the duck defense coming to play a little bit more
2: yeah i think the, the one thing that really was my decision maker with this one was uh Washington is at 85 penalties on the season, uh, 50 on defense, 35 on offense. And I feel like Oregon and Mario Cristobal, the coaching staff, have done a really good job the last few weeks of really playing into the, the, you know, the um, drawing the defense and offense offsides and uh, kind of manipulating the game a little bit at the line of scrimmage. And I think that's going to be a big factor in this match. Do you
0: think that's cheap? No. I don't either. I, I don't like the with all the talk. Someone I've seen on Twitter, and even one of the some of the commentators, have been talking about. Oh, that's such a kind of a cheap play by Oregon. It's just gamesmanship. It's the annexation of Puerto Rico. Like, come on it's now, trying to win the game exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, the rules are the rules. If they adjust the rules and then you adjust your play from there, that's just kind of how the whole sports worked kind of since its conception. You know the forward pass was illegal at one point? <laughs> like, I mean, like, uh, uh, <laughs> if we want to like, get real. It's very, uh, it's very
0: Belichickian. I like it in that regard. Yeah, so.
2: Andy Reedy, yes. too. I like it, yeah. So
0: I guess, yeah, with that, well, I mean, seven would be a push, right?
2: So what are we looking at here? Yeah, seven points would be a push. So no, I not want to
0: go for the, the push.
2: No, don't predict the push. No, if you learned anything from West Coast no. CFP this year,
0: predicting the push is only bad for you. So I'm going to say I'm going to take Oregon just because I, I don't want to even say the other words out of my mouth. Yeah. So I'll but, say they win 32 to 24 somehow. They get like a two-point conversion in there or something like that. And then uh, I'll take the over.
2: All right. Uh, yeah, I you know I thought about taking the Dukes there just to because I am I'm You're down a, a little bit. Now. Such a contrarian.
0: such a contrarian hipster. Well,
2: I have some ground to make
1: up.
0: So you know, <laughs> and Oregon
2: can Oregon can still win, and Washington and can cover, they could so. still
0: cover, especially with that defense. This could be a weird like twelve ten game. Like could. I could see all kinds. It could be I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like up in Seattle too. I mean, it could get nasty.
2: Storms coming this weekend. Um, yeah, and I Storms can definitely see coming. It coming down to a uh, a field goal as well, but. All that being said, I'm still going to take Oregon just because not fucking doing it, not taking the Huskies. Don't do it. I'm, I'm proud of it. you. I'm proud of you. Shane. And uh, just to recap a little bit here, last week I went and uh, shit the old bed, and uh, you know what's funny is like that saying is like commonly used, but somebody you know, like started that. You know, like, somebody shit the bed, and like the rest of the day, like people kept saying that about them. Code Brown. Like, Bro, leave it alone. I shit the bed that one time. Code so I Brown. Uh, I went two and ten last week with just a pitiful performance coach you went five and seven hey. uh, Zach went three and nine West Coast CFB went four and eight so now our season totals I'm sitting at 19 and 34 and you have the nice number at 22 and 31 love it love it
0: that's nowhere near making any money and that's why I don't gamble on this but it's really fun to do these predictions
2: yeah I only <laughs> I only got Colorado's cover by one point with the 24 getting 24 oh. and I only got the uh, Arizona plus 21 and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Washington State, but I think the biggest surprise the last weekend pulling out that, that victory there. It went the
0: other way, right? The players were like, okay, this guy's mm-hmm. gone. You they know, were we're a, they were happy.
2: They were big time. 16 point underdogs. Yeah. They
0: went and won straight up.
2: So the first game of the Pac 12 weekend is actually gonna be uh on Friday, and that is Utah minus nine
0: on the road in Palo Alto at Stanford, under over fifty four. Gotta take my Utes. Gotta take my Utes there, and uh, I think that's going to be a defensive battle. I'm going to take uh, the under there. Utah and the under. I uh, I also went with
2: Utah there, and I took the over, though. Uh, I think Stanford's going to score some points late, but I think Utah's going to take advantage of a Stanford team. that got a little beat up by the Huskies last week. You
0: know, and McKee's looking better. You mm-hmm. know, he still he runs, he's similar to a to another six foot six quarterback I remember seeing for many years here in the Eugene, Oregon an, area. Elk like he figure. does, yeah, moose. <laughs> I would say he's more of a moose than an elk, but yeah, very very similar with the way he runs and carries himself out there.
2: Yeah, and with the changes that Utah made in the start of the season, it seems like they're, you know, really finding the the things play that work them. right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that one game I put on the schedule early on in the season still has me given the E B G B so mm
2: hmm. All right, so we're a little bit split on that one there. Next up on the matchup, Cal is on the road minus twelve at Arizona under over fifty and a half.
0: Besides degenerates, who's watching this game? Like oh. is anybody gonna watch this? I mean, like even like members of your like family aren't gonna watch this game if you play for Arizona or Cal. It's terrible. Um you know, I'll go with oh, that's a lot of points though. Boy, they're good at this. You know, give me Arizona. I think they cover. And uh I think it's gonna go way over. I think this is gonna be one of those weird like thirty to thirty two or some kind of forty to forty kind of game. It's gonna get crazy.
2: Yeah, we went chalk here. I said the same thing, pretty much the exact same reasons. Yeah.
0: Uh Arizona's <laughs> been
2: my my darling with covering some of these big spreads this week. They covered they covered last week on and you know, a twenty one and a half at USC. Uh and yeah, I just, you know, block field goals, fucking safeties, who knows. It, could, it all could happen in this game. Um, neither team has a great defense, so no. whatever. No. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yeah, I mean
1: 50 Bad and a football.
2: half. 50 and a <laughs> half is the the lowest under over for the week too, so yeah, why not. All right. So next up, we have Oregon State minus 10 and a half at Colorado, under over of uh, 54 points. Another home dog. We only have one home favorite this week.
0: I got to I mean Beavers are playing really well. Really really well. So I'm going to take the Beavers and oh I'm going to take the under. I think that air gets to the Beavers just a little bit. Maybe some of that uh some of that other stuff that's uh, really popular in Boulder maybe gets to the Beavers a little bit <laughs> and it uh yeah, we get the under there.
2: Man, yeah, I went with the Beavers and also the under on this one. Hey, quit um, copy me, man? Yeah, well, I wrote mine down before we did this. So, and <laughs> that's why I go pen, first. There's yep, nothing I can do about it.
0: That's why I go first. So <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yeah, I think both these teams, I mean, Colorado obviously has a really good defense. And uh, I think, you know, last week they they have some things that I'm sure they were pretty happy of that they can build on against that Oregon team in a big primetime matchup. So a little bit less pressure in this game. You know, you're playing a, a similar team, another team that likes to run the ball first. So, you know, I think that... Colorado's able to keep this one close, but I think Oregon State will pull away. Uh Oregon State just has too many guys. And I if also like think
0: if I were gonna predict an upset though this week, that would be the game I predict the upset. Because of what you're saying there, because of the way Colorado is playing, because they that offense is clicking a little bit more. They're at home. Maybe it's homecoming week there, who knows? Uh, but that's just that's the only thing that if there was gonna be an upset this week, because that's a big upset, that's 10 points. I'm yeah. not gonna call it. I'm not gonna predict it. I'm just I'm just doing the Matthew Berry thing here. I'm just covering myself on both sides.
2: What makes me nervous and cringy is I think the most likely upset is How dare you, don't say
0: it. Don't no let's move on. 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 Okay, we All got right. USC at ASU. <laughs> yeah, USC.
2: So here we go. This is our only home favorite of the week. So USC is on the road getting eight points. Um which is man, odds makers probably had a tough time coming up with this line. Uh, I think eight's a pretty good number there, and then the under
0: over is sixty. So Herm Herm Edwards and that ASU team, and just you never know what you're going to get with that squad uh, because it's at home. I'm going to give me the give me the Sun Devils, but give me that over. I think we see a, a, a lot of points, a lot of points in that game.
2: Uh, I went with ASU and the under, so i just I don't really have. Really means to make up a lot of ground here. A lot of of games left here. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know, man. I think ASU could blow them out. That's packed for after dark,
0: baby. I think that's going to be like forty-four to thirty something.
2: Who keeps their job longer, Jimmy Lake or Herm Edwards?
0: Herm, they love him down there.
2: They're just like, I mean, what?
0: they love him. I don't know. I think Washington's a little bit more rabid. I think they'll chase uh, – uh, uh, there's there's things I want to say here, but I'm not going to. But let's just say that I think, uh, I think Seattle fans will be more willing to chase out Jimmy Lake than Sun Devil fans will be willing to chase off Herm Edwards.
2: But all right, my counterpoint would be Jimmy's had that job for a shorter amount of time. Therefore, probably a little bit of a longer leash. And, I mean, the university really put a lot of, like, verbal eggs in that basket.
0: I think there are certain things about Mr. Lake that make his leash a little bit shorter than others.
2: That's true. But it's just what, Herb, Herm's been there for— And that sucks. Five years? Six years? But
0: they, they love him. They love But they the way haven't they, done anything. I know, but they love the way he runs it like a pro team— you know, I think that they're happy being, you know, kind of a mediocre team in the Pac-12, at least for now, because they had some they had some down years there. they were like, they're not Arizona. You know, right. Yeah. And he's, key, he's keeping a lot of in-state kids there, which they need. And that's what they should be doing to try to build. They're just maybe getting the wrong in-state kids. So. All right. That is all we have this week for Duck at Corner. Um, I am still in the lead, and hopefully when we do this next week, we'll be in the lead again. But speaking of the lead, we've kind of buried the lead here, Shane. We're like 30-something minutes in here to the podcast, and we didn't talk about number foe, the number foe team in the CFP oh, yeah. playoff that came out to the playoff rankings that came out not too long ago. So I just want to say, you know, Zach and I were right. They took into consideration the the big time win. A lot of people are saying that. Well, the what do you Oregon, mean? are you're right. We were right. They they put what Oregon you ahead. Right? They put Oregon ahead of Ohio State. Well, we were talking about college
2: football playoff. Oh. We were <laughs> talking oh. about we were talking about the rankings. Well, any that were rankings? Out. So I we mean, we're talking about okay, any rankings. Okay, right. I'm right. <laughs> what do you mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm using the narr- I'm using the numbers to spin it to my narrative, Shane. Let me just let me live over here. Um, no, but I think I think it, it was interesting to see the the emphasis that the committee did put on that win and I thought it was interesting for when they did the interview with the guy that he specifically brought up how Oregon had Oregon's loss to Stanford was like, yeah the word which weird. I mean it was an
2: overtime loss too and it was I mean anybody who watched the game knew like the, the kind of the you know how it unfolded and I mean, you know, whether or not they you know take that in consideration, you know, like Zach kind of brought up. It's some things, yes, like Moorhead. I feel like yes, bad officiating, no. I mean, you can't really like when you're making these kinds of decisions. Injuries, yes, injuries.
0: Yeah, he brought up injuries. You know, I think that that was a bit. And that's what people forget. he mm-hmm. didn't even play in that game, and they still went into Columbia. Yeah,
2: one. I my so goodness. it it brought a lot of joy to my heart to see them rank that high, and I do think this team deserves it. I think you know they have. They have done a lot, and I think this schedule is a little bit tougher than they get credit for as well. And especially when you're like the the, you know, bell of the ball in the Pac 12, you know, you're getting these best efforts from all these teams. The thing I don't like about it, and it's not because I was quote unquote wrong, because I'm not wrong, (laughs) but what I don't like is that this is like ultimate
0: Zuko is very ultimate.
2: Bulletin board material for Washington. I mean, this just this can't be like it's true. It's such like bad timing almost. And, I mean, there's no other way to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of him. to my point with Ohio State and the other rankings. Like, there's no real way to get Oregon into that top four unless you kind of start them there at this point. Because I mean, there there is a good chance that I mean, we still have Washington. We still have Oregon State. I mean, there's there's still a lot of there's still a Pac-12 championship potentially
0: a lot of tough Mm -hmm. games on the schedule no at Utah is the one that I predicted early in this I mean this is their final four games here they got at Washington Washington State at home which you know you think is going to be a decent they're going to be favored by what 12 good football right now though but yeah but the Ducks will still be favored by what 12 Uh, so then you got then you got at Utah and then ideally the Pac-12 championship game depending upon how it all plays out so not an easy schedule, but that schedule is not going to get a lot of national respect either.
2: No, because it is it. It's tougher than I mean, the Pac-12 just shoots themselves in the foot, especially when, as a conference, they come out of the gates kind of slow, like this year. When you you know you lose some of those. Uh, those preseason games, and then people just immediately write the conference off, which is, it's fucked up because if, like, Nebraska loses week one, and then they rattle off, like, six or seven wins, then people, like, look at them like, oh, shit, and, like Texas, I mean, Oklahoma, all these other schools, but, but I mean it's, yeah, I don't know, one of these days, it'll, it, if if USC was kind of back in its, you know, normal prowess, and I think that if more people watched Oregon State this year, it'd be a different story, but the timing of those games definitely doesn't help anybody.
0: Well, I and mean, if people are following me on Twitter, they'll be able to go see that I just tweeted out something that I think fits perfectly for the ducks right now. It's that guy carrying the world, you know, and they put the duck head on and it's just like the pac 12 on the world behind him because that's what the, that's what the ducks are doing right now for this conference. They're literally, they've taken the entire conference, put them on their back and said, all right guys, let's go. And so it's really, it's in the pac 12s best interest for all the schools, for that to continue to happen. But again, this is, yeah, this is not going to be an easy finish. That Washington State game is not going to be as easy as people want it to be. Thank goodness the Civil War is at Austin this year with the way the Beavers are playing at home and the way uh, Jonathan Smith just seems to have crystal balls numbers. So, what? Oh my gosh, I did. <sighs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to edit I it, it out. Either. I'm going to be. I heard it. I'm not I'm not gonna edit it out. I'm gonna we all make mistakes. Platypus Cup is at Odson this year. So uh, wow, I can't believe I did. Yeah, it Shows how just Freudian. weird the day has been. Yeah. yeah, weird, weird day. So yeah, this is this is gonna be a big time game up there at Washington to 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 give the ducks an opportunity to show that they can go on the road, defeat another really, really tough team. And again, I don't think they're gonna move much in that ranking, which has me worried because then you're playing Georgia. And that's just a rematch of next year's game that they're going to play down in Atlanta. But, boy, that Georgia defense is just – is really good. But I want to – before we move on, I want to bring up one point that that got brought up with uh, my one brother-cousin out there in good old Oklahoma.
2: When you say brother-cousin, it sounds – and then you say Oklahoma. I know it sounds weird,
0: but it's just one of those things. I mean, if you want to get the ding, 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 (laughs) going, he's my cousin, but he's basically my brother because I don't really have any brothers, and so that's just the way it is. But he's a big Oklahoma fan, and he was a little – solidly that the Sooners were so low. So I want to pose this to you here on the pod. We kind of talked about it a little bit over Twitter, but maybe our listeners can kind of chime in a little bit too. If the ducks were to play the Sooners on a neutral site, what would that Vegas line be?
2: Mm-hmm. Which is funny when you guys were having that, uh, that discussion, his account set to private. So I could just, I could mm-hmm. only see what you were saying. So it was like, <laughs> I guess was like I'm like, man, like some of like the, the GIFs and stuff. I was like, I wonder, cause without context, you're like, I don't know what that means.
0: So what he said is he thought the Sooners would be favored by one.
2: And I said Oregon by one and you a half. You said
0: Ducks by Oregon by one and a half. I think it would start with Ducks at four, and that's because Vegas knows they've got to give the Ducks more points because the Ducks haven't earned that Vegas trust. And then I think it would finish. To like I think it would get back into that two and a half, three range.
2: Yeah, I feel like it would start at Oregon minus two and swing to Oklahoma minus two
0: oh so you, you call the movement too i just I, it'd be a fun game oh yeah i'd love sure. to see noah Sowell meet kayla williams in the hole yeah. that would be that would be a lot of fun i hope i don't see it because that means that chaos happened and like oklahoma made it into the CFP. well actually no if see i it in hope the CFP, that happens i'm okay yeah, no yeah if we make it if they make it into the cfp i'm okay same thing now let me ask you this same thing with cincinnati oregon plays cincinnati Fuck on a neutral
2: yeah. field. uh oregon what do
0: you think what do you
2: Oh, man. I'm going to say Oregon. It's going to start at Oregon minus six and a half and swing down to Oregon minus five.
0: I was going to say six and a half, too. That's exactly what I thought. I was going to say six and a half, seven. Try to get that money moving a little bit. So it's. I think the CFP, I think the committee did a good job. It's a thankless job. There's always going to be fan bases that are mad and going to be wrong. We're going to expand eventually Mm -hmm. you know, to eight or maybe even more teams. I kind of like the idea of doing 10, and then you do like buys for a couple teams in the first round and then kind of get it going from there, but um, get that incentive still for those top two seeds. But we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. We're trying to stay focused here. So let's go ahead. Do you have anything else here we want to talk about? Anything before we move on to three questions? Oh, no. No, I'm good. Got hoops going, but we're gonna do our uh, big preseason uh, prediction podcast later on for hoops. So keep on lookout for
2: that. Ooh, I have uh, I have tickets for you for the game on Saturday. I'll be able to go.
0: Ooh yeah, buddy, get to go to the game. Thanks, buddy. Show. Sure. Um, and in the future, we will be looking to maybe give out some tickets to our uh, loyal listeners. So if you're still listening to the podcast, mom, you already have tickets. So we're not giving you any <laughs> tickets. But uh, maybe some of our fun other people here. So, all right. Do uh, you want to go first? Do you want me to go um, first? Three questions time. I'll go. I'll go first. America's favorite segment. Three questions.
2: Very first question here. Uh, did you do anything
0: for Halloween? I sat in a onesie. I wore my Chewbacca onesie. And uh, Miga put on the, the Pikachu onesie. And uh, we walked the dogs around the block. We actually were planning to come down to Scrib's and bother you. I was going to bring my lightsaber down there and just like started to try to fuck some shit up. And uh, we just didn't make it out of the house. We were being super lazy. So, no, we uh, we did not do anything except uh, rock onesies. But that could be a normal day in this house at any time, just to have the onesies broken you out. Guys, so, no, didn't do you guys
2: get trick-or-treaters like, around the building?
0: No, I wish I thought about sitting, just like taking a bucket of candy and taking my lightsaber out there and hanging out in the porch and just giving out candy. And I might do that next year, but um, no, this year is just just so low key. Yeah, just do super low key. What about you guys? Did you do? Uh,
2: I worked and then uh, came back and watched uh, a couple scary movies and that kind of thing. It was it was cool though to see like some kids out trick or treating and like uh, a little bit more uh, normalcy, normalcy and you know yeah. a little bit more confidence and the handling of things. And, you know, like, the, I mean, this year compared to last, like last year's, like, don't fucking talk to anybody. This year was like yeah. a little bit more, you know, letting the, the reins off a little bit. So it was good to see. I mean, Halloween's a, Halloween's a holiday that I have a lot of split feelings about. I really like it as a person. And I really dislike it as a bartender, uh, people in costumes <laughs> and stuff. It's, it's difficult to get the read on people checking.
0: Makes your job that much more challenging. You end up having yeah. to check
2: everybody's ID. Cause like people, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, all right. Oh, I see what you did there. Next up. is a tricky year, treaty one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, this upcoming matchup this week against the Huskies. Who have the second most carries for the Oregon Ducks?
0: Cardwell. I think they're going to feed, keep feeding Cardwell. I think he's earned that right. And it, he's, uh, he's getting those early touches when the game still matters. So I think he's got that ball security where the coaches really trust mm-hmm. him. And he's shown his one step-and-go ability is – Whew. I mean, you brought up Thomas Tyner earlier. Uh, he, this guy kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, what was his name? Jeremiah Johnson?
2: Oh, yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah.
0: Didn't, yeah, yeah, that's that's who he kind of, He just that one step and just burst through the hole. He has some, uh, those th- first three or four steps after that acceleration is just really impressive. So I think it's going to be cardinal.
2: Do you have the same answer if I rephrase the question to most touches?
0: I think that could be McGee. Yeah. Um, but I think he's the only other guy that would be close. Yeah. that's That was the only thing I was kind of baiting in there. Yep. Yep. No, I want to see Minky get more touches. I want to see more two-back sets, especially against this Washington defense that's really good. Let's use some misdirection. Let's use a little uh, – let's go with some shenanigans. Oh, for sure.
2: Oh, last question here. Um, so we're right in between Halloween and Thanksgiving here. Do you have a favorite fall beverage? Is there something that you go to a little bit more around mm. this time of year?
0: Well, I mean, it's eggnog season. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's egg- I mean, the first day that the grocery store has eggnog is like one of the happiest days of the year uh-huh. for me. And I keep it stocked in the fridge. We go uh, – oh, I'm trying to remember. This is It's just that one brand that I get, and I don't mess with any other brand. And I know what it looks like, but, of course, my concussion <laughs> brain can't Gary think Gold. of the name right now is dairy gold the yellow one it's like
2: yellow and red
0: yeah but it's like thick it's like the old school i think it's dairy. oh man you know i i want to go look in the fridge so bad right now but i'm not (laughs) going to because that's bad podcasting but yeah just eggnog i love eggnog it's so bad for me i talk about how i'm putting on my winter weight when i'm drinking eggnog you know i'm like a bear over here but uh yeah eggnog is by far my favorite. you can put it in coffee i use it as my cream you know it's so good it's fun to make drinks with Um, you can do so many different things with it. So yeah, definitely eggnog. What about you you? rock
2: with eggnog ice cream? Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Eggnog everything, man.
0: Give me eggnog everything. And people are like, I mess with eggnog the way people mess with pumpkin spice.
2: Yeah. Well, fuck man. I love them both. Uh,
0: I I can do pumpkin spice. Um, like I used to make a really really good, and it wasn't too sweet either. But I'd rock a. It, it tasted like pumpkin pie, but do like a pumpkin spice white chocolate mocha. Mm. Oh, oh! I used I'm, those days as a barista. that was so fun to it's, make.
2: It, it's it's that's a tough question for me. Like this is like my favorite time of the year for beverages in general.
0: Uh, oh, so many I things mean, are on the yeah, table. Yeah, like time now of I mean year. hot
2: beverages are back on the table. I'm a big tea guy. Uh, you know eggnog, like you said, pumpkin spice, like peppermint, like coffee, like a my wife made peppermint like espresso this morning, fucking awesome.
0: Are you a hot toddy yep. guy?
2: Love hot, love hot toddies. Yeah, hot toddies are good. Not, not yeah. my favorite drink to make. Um, but my <laughs> uh, it's actually funny. The other day, like we didn't even have the right glassware out for hot toddies. It was like not the other day. It was in like August. It was like hot out. <laughs> and somebody asked for a hot toddy, and I was like, fuck. Like I guess gonna take me a minute heat up water and everything. So I just ended up putting it in like a pint glass. And then I couldn't get the fucking glass over the table because it was like burning my hands. So yeah. hot. Um but my favorite, oh, my like man. my favorite part or thing about this time of the year is part of a beverage. I something I can't really drink during the summer, red wine.
0: Oh, oh interesting. Man.
2: Fucking glass of red wine right now.
0: Those tannins. Get oh, those tannins, my buddy. God.
2: Big Cabernet. There's a
0: Trader I would not have pegged you for a, Wayne, uh, for a oh, wine guy. Oh,
2: love it. I dig it. Okay. Uh, Trader All Joe's right. has this, like, whiskey barrel-aged Cabernet that's, like, $7. Mm. It's fucking fantastic, especially for a budget wine. Because that's the only thing is, like, sometimes I'll go to, like, the Sundance wine cellar, and, like, it's fun to, like, look around and, like, you know, read what stuff tastes like and pick out bottles, and he goes to register, and they're, like, $175. And you're, like, fuck me, dude. Why'd I do that?
0: My uh, my stepdad's gotten enough of those like wine services now that he just gets like bottles and bottles delivered. He's like got his own little wine cellar started over there. So, I'm afraid to no, sign up uh, for one of those. Dude, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. All right. So let's get it moving here. Uh, my first question, very simple. Do you wear purple? Ooh. Or do you like purple?
2: I don't mind purple. Uh, I mean... In various shades, it's got a lot of, you know, different feels to it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I own a purple anything though. I have a little bit of purple on my running shoes.
0: Okay, and I think you had a pair of shoes, another pair that were kind of purpley, I think. And uh, the Giannis have some purple on them.
2: Yes. Yes, I do have a couple pairs of shoes that have purple accent colors. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
0: I don't fuck with purple. I have like two things. I have my Phoenix sun, Steve Nash Jersey. That's purple. And then I have one uh, shirt from like Oregon country fair. That's purple, but my whole life I've just never like, and I think it just comes from my distaste, my dislike for that team that resident, that uh, resides up there in Seattle, Washington. I just said, don't mess with it. Don't mess with purple. it is
2: part of like two of my least favorite sports, you know, franchise organizations or whatever. I mean, between UW and the Lakers there's oh, a yeah, decent yeah, amount of absolutely. purple disdain for
0: yeah, yeah. Don't mess with purple or orange. Not going to find me wearing it. Just not, not, not one of my favorite things. So, uh, all right, moving on. What is your favorite non The Flock pod podcast right now that you're listening to? Oof,
2: man. Uh, I listen to Bill Simmons the most. I don't know if I'd okay. say it's my favorite though.
0: Uh, just that comfort yeah part, and yeah. it's
2: always it's at various topics you know what I mean it's usually mm-hmm. bouncing around to something I mean they, they do a good job scheduling the football stuff right after football and right before football and then kind of basketball throughout the week I like yep. the I like the build of the show and I like how it kind of expands over that many topics but I also listen to you ever listen to Drink Champs with Nori it's a good uh, that's a good one it's uh, music related but it's a lot of drinking involved Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. You you know what? I think the one that like sticks with me the most and I talk about the most is also another ringer podcast, but it's the rewatchables.
0: See, interesting. I haven't messed with the rewatchables in a while. I haven't listened to them in a long time.
2: I, I have fun listening to that and I feel like I, I really like to like watch a movie, listen to an episode about that movie and then like watch the movie again.
0: See, now I do that with all the Marvel stuff. Like I love like all my the Marvel recaps for all the shows. I've got like two well they the, another Ringer podcast. They have the Ringer verse which covers like all the nerdy content and stuff like that. And then the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, which I rock with pretty hard too. But yeah, that's fun to be able to hear somebody else's like deep dive opinion and then like dive back into Mm -hmm. the movie and kind of compare and contrast as you're watching it. Yeah. Like Like
2: they just did another episode on heat of heat uh, and I just got it on Blu-ray and watched it the other day. So now I'm going to listen to that with the one with Michael Mann and (laughs) watch it again. I'm pretty excited about that
0: one. Oh, man. Because when funny,
2: they redid the times. episode on Heat the second time, it was like, I don't understand why this happened. It's the same people talking about the same movie again. Mike, yep. what's yep. But now they have Michael Mann on it. So.
0: Getting the director makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. So for my last question, uh, do you want a sports question or a non-sports question? Let's see. We went
2: non-sports the first two times. Let's do a sports question on this last one.
0: Okay. Okay. What's your Super Bowl pick right now?
2: Well, I have money. Uh, my pre-
0: I know you're flying high as a Rams team. Yeah, fan. my oh, uh, you're flying my high. My
2: preseason bet it was forty to one, and I had Rams Bills, and I put a little bit of money on that. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. I think I'd probably stick with it. Uh, I'd say the team I'm rooting for the most is the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of adopted them as like my AFC team. Uh. Yeah, and then the, uh, the NFC, it's like, I mean, I don't know. The Packers seem to just kind of win every game that they, like, they're like they in there at the very end. And then the Saints, man, that was a what bummer do, with Jameis.
0: What does uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving have in common? <laughs> uh, right. That's some wild <laughs> shit, man. Oh, man. That's wild. No, it's absolutely crazy. But, hey, J-Love gets a chance, yeah. which is fun. So we'll see what he's got. But, yeah, I don't even uh... – I don't want to pick the Rams, but I think that they make the most sense coming out of the NFC. I really do. They've got so much talent. Cooper Cup is absolutely balling right now for them, as always. The, uh, that defense is now terrifying. The Cardinals
2: seem to be kind of getting shakier and shakier every.
0: Injuries. I don't know what's going on with that training staff down there, but injuries always seem to derail the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, J- losing JJ Watt is big. Yeah. You know, just to have his presence out there on the on the on the field, so. Um. Yeah, I don't like the Packers. I mean, the Bucks are always any any Tom Brady team is going to be terrifying come playoffs. But I'm, I'm going to stick with the NFC West. Now. I think I'd, I'd take the Rams. The AFC side. Boy, it's tough. I don't want to pick the same as you, but I do. I like the Bills. I don't think the Chiefs are going to make it. No teams made. You know what is it? Four straight Super Bowls and well, one team forever. Yeah. Only yeah, one team so ever. So yeah, and they went zero and yeah. four. Um.
2: Yeah, it's it's tricky. AFC is pretty wide open. It seems like whoever's like really healthiest tough. at the time. I mean, like, you know, even if like the chips fall the right way, I could see the Raiders like sneaking in. Um.
0: Well, they've got all kinds of shenanigans now that they moved to Vegas. Yeah. Like the the Raiders, you know, brought the brought the Raider to Vegas, and it just amplified things. That video of rugs is. Whew,
1: I didn't even know there like, was video. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't watch know it. If I need yeah, to see I that, I, <laughs> I don't. Don't not recommend it. But I mean,
2: but even without without don't drink and a drive. coach or <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a playmaking receiver, I could still see them just like kind of fandangling. Like I, I could see a very non impressive AFC team making the Super Bowl. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and using the Raiders as that
0: example. I think the way that the Bills in the offseason filled all of their weaknesses. I think they're made for this. I think they're ready for this. So I hate to do it, but I'm going to pick the exact same well, as let's you. hope, dude. I'm going to pick, yeah, the Rams bill. I'll give you $10 it. if it happens. So hey, we go. <laughs>
2: we're
0: in the money. We're in. All right, so that is all we have for three questions. Anything else you got for us today? I'm Shannon? all good, my, all my friend. Closing thoughts. All right. So as always, take care of your chicken. Take care of your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you.
2: We out.
1: Peace. I can't. Gave- I my love a cherry that had no stone. I gave my love a chicken that
0: Sorry.
1: You wanna huh? Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? You know you make me want to...